0: Welcome back to another episode of the Away Days podcast. First time in about 10 days, uh, slacking a little bit the week before Super Bowl uh, Sunday is in just a few days now here as recording on Thursday, February 10th, but didn't really matter when we got this out as long as it was before the big game. Um, You ever notice how like in the Super Bowl ads and stuff like that people that don't have like official partnerships with the NFL, they have to say like the big game because I think Super Bowl is actually like pretty heavily copyrighted. Uh, I don't think us and our 12 listeners will... will, uh, attract the attention from the lawyers from the nfl to, to sue us over using it but uh anyway big game is in three days and here to talk about it with me as always mr Lathland. lay how we doing
1: i'm doing pretty good pretty good how about you
0: you know not too bad I had a little birthday recently yeah. shout out both Yo, of you yeah. guys uh shot me a text not everybody in the classic uh friend group did but uh ferg you you did it as well even if it was about 10 minutes late, but hey, I was asleep anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, welcome, welcome back. How we doing, Ferg? We're
2: hanging in there. It's a Thursday, so a different time of the week cause you, that we're used to, but it's good to be here on a Thursday, and happy G-Day to the kid. Nate. <laughs> yes, sir. How did you yes, spend sir. it?
1: What did you do?
0: Yeah, it was pretty fun. Went, uh, went to Top Golf last night, uh, which is just like two minutes down the road from where I live. Um, had some beers, hit some balls. Uh, a bunch of people from work came, plus a uh, buddy from college, so it was, actually, it was actually pretty nice. Had a good day. Um, but I mean, as good as like a Wednesday birthday can be, you know, yeah. but, um, going up to Athens this weekend, to have a, have a little bit more of a celebration with the GF and mm. everything. So, uh, should be fun. Clutch having, cause of course Valentine's day is what? Next Tuesday? Mon- next m- Monday. I oh, know it's the 14th. Monday. Monday, whatever. Uh, golly. Okay. Good thing Maggie doesn't listen to this, but, um. <laughs> Clutch having uh, a birthday this close to Valentine's Day because she's just kind of like, oh, we'll just make them both like one thing, you know, this weekend. So it's like, you know, I feel like I don't really, I mean, I didn't get her anything other than a card. So, like, hopefully she's not (laughs) expecting anything. But it's kind of, it kind of feels like she's making this weekend more about me and us rather than me having to like do much for it, which is nice. So. Any uh, V Day plans for either of you, bachelors, on here?
1: <laughs> didn't even had nothing on my schedule, so didn't even know when it was coming up. Yeah, I got nothing planned. <laughs> even, yeah. even with the with
0: the the girl roommate, Ferg, y'all you know, gonna have a little candlelit uh, Chick Fil A on Monday <laughs> night or something?
2: I may have to cook something up for it. Now that I think about it, yeah, you know, little <laughs> scheming, a little scheming, yeah. a little, scheming, a little something in mind, a little sliding in. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Never mind. All right. Okay. That got weird.
0: Uh, yeah. Probably a good thing she doesn't listen to this yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, but anyway. Anyway. Apparently there's a football game uh in a few days before that Valentine's Day, so I hear. So let's uh let's dive into that a little bit. I know we talked a little bit of Super Bowl on our episode last week, but it was mostly a uh, conference championship recap. Um, I see we've got some college football notes on our pod doc as well as I've got uh, you may notice I have uh, the audio should hopefully sound better in this podcast because I got a new computer so I'm not having to like record it in this jank ass fashion of plugging it into my TV and doing all kinds of other stuff but I got a new case and I think I left a little bit of the wrapper on it so and it's really pissing me off at the moment <laughs> um, but nothing I can do about it right this second so Lathe let you start us off. It looks like you actually wrote something on the docs. So I'm not going to put you on blast here. Let you d- give you some props, but you've got you've got Pro Bowl talk. What do you want to get to that before, I guess, we jump into the Super Bowl?
1: All right, so we're starting NFL this week. I mean, that's,
0: yeah, I, okay. I think so. Like, you could have just run with it rather than, than ask. Well, yeah, professional no, come on, Well, Lee.
1: okay, okay, okay. Well, uh, so the main reason I put in Pro Bowl here is because I didn't even think to watch it. And, you know, I saw, you, you guys saw the stuff with, like, J.J. J. Watt. Tweeting, ah, oh, the intensity here is just trash, and then players coming out and saying, "I don't even know why we do this." Uh, like, you, there's potential for injury, all kinds of contract stuff, and then I saw earlier today that this was like the least watched Pro Bowl I think in the last 16 years, and that it had the lowest ratings in like forever. So, just looking at that, what do you guys? What are your thoughts on that? Did either of y'all watch it first of all, and do you think that they even need to continue it at this point?
2: Yeah, I Third? watched. I watched it for all of five minutes and it was horrible there was was no tackling so
0: explain this to me real quick because like everybody on twitter i didn't watch it at all but people were saying like oh my god this is the worst thing ever but like i saw that it was high scoring but what yeah explain what about it was so bad it was
2: high scoring because there was literally no pass rush the defensive lineman just kind of stood there like it was a walkthrough the dbs were playing soft everyone was wide open the quarterbacks just threw it to wherever and they got they just moved the chains constantly there was no tackling, no pass breakups, anything like that. It, it it was horrible football, which is why the ratings were so terrible. But it was kind of funny, though, because I actually only watched one series, and it was like in the third or fourth quarter, and it was Mac Jones and his series, and he pulled a J.P. tag. So I'm sure you all <laughs> saw the play. It's like in, in high school, we would tag off the quarterback, and that was it. We didn't tackle him. But JP, our quarterback, would just keep running, acting like he would have broken all the tackles like he was Herschel Walker or something. Well, Mac Jones did the same thing. And he ran, like, 70 yards down the field after he got tagged by, like, three different guys. And he started doing the gritty in the end zone. But that, that it was just, like, fun for them, I guess. But, like, as a fan of football, you know, you want to see pass rushes and big hits and pass breakups. But and you didn't see that in this year's Pro Bowl, so that's why it was so hard to watch.
1: Yeah, every time I mean, I, I'm, they always post the clips of like Pro Bowls past, and they have the one I think it's like Sean Taylor just laying a lick on guys. Like you don't see that at all anymore. And like I know last year, I don't I don't even think they did it last year because of COVID. They didn't they do like some type of like skills camp or something? I don't know, but it just it almost seems to me that there's no point in it, especially when you got guys saying, "Oh." You could get hurt here, and then, yeah, I mean, how much are you even going to earn through the Pogo? I know there's like bonuses, but it almost just seems so pointless. So, like, what, what do you think? Should they continue it, or should they scrape it and try something else, Nathan?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I like, like I said, I didn't watch it. I was watching golf. There's some pretty good golf on this. Uh, mm-hmm. We're we're in the stretch of the of the calendar year where my focuses are pretty much solely soccer and golf. Um, <laughs> so I was watching uh, your boy Tom Hoagie go win at uh, Pebble Beach, which honestly that. That sounds about as interesting as you'd imagine, but it was it was actually pretty good for a little bit. But I mean, I don't think you can just get rid of it because, like, ultimately, I feel like there's still to use a, a business world term that Fergal appreciate as a as a you know whatever it is that you do. But there's too many key stakeholders in this Pro Bowl in terms of like it's got to be sponsored by somebody. I'm sure. I'm sure it serves as a meeting point for certain executives to discuss things and just like a general coming together of the league that do- probably doesn't happen at any other event probably other than maybe the Super Bowl but like as an entertainment product I agree it's completely garbage and you know I would say take a look at other sports that do it successfully but like what is the most successful All-Star game like NBA and even that I think people are kind of tired of watching like so I don't I don't really know what you, what you do other than I think if there especially if there's not going to be any uh, pass rush, blocking, whatever. I think they should just full on make it no pad seven on seven. Yeah. I think that would be pretty interesting to watch. Again, it can, like if they're actually willing to to put some effort into that, um, or get creative and do some of the, you know, have a even have a seven on seven with the big guys playing. Like they, I'm sure, would get up for that. Like and have a have a good time yeah, sure. with a chance to actually you know play as some skill players. Like that could be pretty interesting. Because um, right now all it is is just a glorified social media push. Because you just see all this tape of, of guys. Uh, like I saw, I saw like the Seahawks retweeted this video with like a little caption of something of like Russell Wilson literally just like in a warm up practice, no pads and nothing, nothing, just taking a three step drop, sitting there for like five seconds and throwing to to Camara on like just a little swing, and they were like looking good. Russell. was like, that's just like <laughs> anybody could make that throw. Like I don't know what we're posting this crap for, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's an issue they got to fix. But, like, at the end of the day, who really cares? Like, I don't think the NFL – I mean, I'm sure they'd like to have more viewers for it. But, like, they're about to have the most viewed thing every year, which they always do with the Super Bowl on Sunday. So, uh, I don't think they're too concerned about it. Um, so, who won, though? Like, a- AFC.
2: AFC, yeah. It's like It was, like, the fifth year in a row they won. It was, like, the longest streak of any conference. So, they got the win, but, I mean – no one really saw that happen out, so who cares, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah. No. Um speaking of Khmer, I guess he didn't have enough fun at the Pro Bowl because did you see his uh, his antics after the game in Vegas?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well I know what he's like facing some kind of charge or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think
2: Battery, I battery. He like beat the shit out of some guy at a casino. And like it was bad. <laughs> like he got hospitalized and I saw a report that he's facing up to five years in prison. I don't know. If they're going to drop the charges or reduce the sentence or whatever. But, like, he's facing up to five years in prison. Because it was bad. Because I mean, the dude was put in the hospital as a result of Kamara literally beating the hell out of him. So, not a good look for the league and old, uh Norcross High School product. <laughs>
0: hey, well, look. You get all these dudes into Vegas. Like, what do you think is going to happen?
2: You know? <laughs> like,
0: need I remind anyone that this is... the Vegas is the side of the... Uh, um uh, the speeding incident with the Raiders yeah. earlier in yeah. the year. Like, so gonna... you know, just just saying. It's uh you get a bunch of uh, a bunch <laughs> of famous, young, probably not the most uh morally morally upright folks <laughs> with a lot of money in their pocket all together. Like can't be surprised when some sus things happen What was so.
1: what was the Adam Sandler movie? Uh was it longest, longest yard? yard? Yeah. If guess... there was ever time to have one of those games right now, they they've been stockpiling the talent lately, so <laughs> This. Yeah, the prison eleven. Yeah,
0: would, uh, they're they're building for the future. But uh, so yeah, let's go ahead with with that out of the way. Talk some Super Bowl here. So I guess without, I mean, where do you where do you guys even want to start with this? Because we could go a whole nuts and bolts analysis. You know, what do we think? But I guess first and foremost, who, who are we rooting for? Go around the go around the horn. Start you lay.
1: Uh, I got to go with Burrow. It's just such a cool story. I mean, it's underdog. You see how much the Rams spent this season. It's really all or nothing for them. And then you got the Bengals who are just kind of building something, and it's ahead of schedule. So to see that, to see Joe coming off of the torn ACL last year to have that quick of a rebound, I think that a Super Bowl win would really cap that off. Just awesome. So I'm, I'm going for the Bengals.
2: Yeah, I'm also riding the Bengals bandwagon Lay. I mean, Joe, Joe Shiesty, joe burr whatever you want to call him that man is fresh and he is easy to root for you know they got joe burrow jamar chase joe mixon uh t higgins all these draft picks where you got the rams you know they trade for von miller they trade for jalen ramsey you know they're kind of like putting the stars together you know not through a draft they're like using free agency in trades so i mean It's just easier to pull for the team that actually did it by drafting their own guys, and then the guys they draft are got so likable, like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So it'd be a cool story to see the Bengals come out with this win. I
1: think it's good for the league too, because you saw what the Buccaneers did last year. They kind of just spent the money, added who they want, and who they wanted, and then won a Super Bowl. So if the Rams were to kind of do that, to be back-to-back years, where just the big market teams are just buying almost buying championships.
0: Not, not. I mean, uh, I, I, okay. I, I know, I know you're gonna correct yourself, but I'm gonna give you a second just to go Stephen A. on you and not let you uh, <laughs> walk it back a second and just be mad about it for a second. Cause it, it's a salary cap so, league. Yeah. Like everybody's got the same amount of money, dude. Like it's not. Yes, LA is a more attractive free agent like location, but I actually think the way the Rams have built this is honestly more impressive because it just takes such like a, a like you know you got to nail a lot of trades you got to be working that scouting room pretty well and in in terms of like the money and making it all fit together uh I think that's actually kind of kind of an interesting way to go about doing it um I I completely and wholeheartedly disagree with any sort of buying a championship especially in a again there's a salary cap so like it's kind of impossible to actually do that
1: Uh, yeah there's a salary cap but a lot of guys I mean a lot of the small market. I mean, they're things.
0: mortgaging their future. That's an absolute, yeah. like, thing. But I, I kind of respect the ballsiness of saying, like, hey, we're going to trade for staff, we're going to trade for the other, these other guys and say it's Super Bowl either in the, this year or next, and then we're screwed after that if we don't get one.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It, there's, I, I get that. But it's also just – it seems cooler to me just to be able to build a team with the picks. And I mean, look, look at Green Bay. They're a really small market team. You never see them normally reach the cap. When they get in that kind of scenario it's I don't know I, I get what you're saying everybody's kind of in the same playing field but there's a lot of owners that are more willing to spend especially when you're know when you know you're in a big market like that and you could take the losses but
2: yeah, but at the same time they also have some draft dubs. I mean, first of all, they first of all, they drafted Aaron Donald. Let's not overlook that. I mean, that man has been the best player on defense for the last 8 years or 7 years. However many years he's been in the league, he's been the, one of the best defensive players in the league. And also they drafted a guy like Cooper Cup, a guy who was probably overlooked, possibly for his skin color. And look at him. He's he's um Blossomed into one of the best receivers in the league. I mean, he almost broke Calvin Johnson's Should be the record. MVP this year. Yeah. Almost broke Calvin Johnson's record with one more game. Just saying, but yeah, the stats don't lie. That guy can ball, and the Rams got drafted him. Any,
0: he- yeah, I mean Robert Woods drafted, Cam Akers drafted. Uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these guys. Uh, Leonard Floyd out there on defense playing well. But I mean, it's I, I get what you're saying, though. I mean, probably the three. You know the two biggest names, or outside of Aaron Donald on defense, were both free agent signings and re- relatively recently. And then obviously Stafford uh, being a, a trade, but or maybe they traded for Ramsey too. But obviously like guys they didn't draft. Bottom line, but just to kind of make to, to play devil's advocate here for the Bengals, I just looked up their free agent signings. I mean Eli Apple, who I think gets roasted a lot for not being all that good, <laughs> but he's a free agent signing. Uh, Ricardo Allen was too, who's pl- who started. Um, looking at. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, that really good defensive end. He was a free agent signing, and that's just free agents. I haven't even looked at people they traded for. Um, But, yeah, I just kind of disagree with the – I get that's the narrative, and that's what we're going to hear a ton more of as we start the real media days in full here uh, this weekend. But, yeah, I just – and maybe I'm kind of tipping my hand. I'm personally rooting for the Rams, but I don't really care who wins ultimately. Like, I'm not going to be pissed off if the Bengals win because I, like you guys – i am a fan of Joe Burrow's, um, probably not as much as some people, but I mean, I definitely like him. Um, I mean, I love that. Did y'all see, uh, I think it was Michael Irvin on one of the shows this week uh, talking about uh, Joe Burrow, and he said, that white guy, he got some stank in his tank. I don't know what that means, but like, I feel like that kind of, that sums it up just about right, though. Um, but anyway, so I, I think it's an awesome story, especially, I think the, the media narrative that would be better coming out of it is if the Bengals win, because I mean, who would have thought that even going into this season that the Bengals had any chance of winning a Super Bowl. You know, I thought they'd be better, but um, the cool story, especially for that city who hasn't won anything. I mean, the Bengals haven't ever won a Super Bowl, but also I think the re- last time the Reds won a World Series was, you know, 30 years ago at least. So um, pretty cool. would be pretty cool for them. But you know me, Georgia guy, so I would lo- love it for Stafford. And I think that's a cool story, too, is to yeah. go from having not won a single playoff game and how long has he been in the league? 13 years, whatever? Yeah. Uh, to... To all of a sudden winning a Super Bowl, like that, that would be pretty, uh, pretty, pretty cool. And, you know, again, I like Aaron Donald. I think he's, he's a good, like, face of the league and been the best defensive player in the league for the past few seasons. And for him to get a Super Bowl would be nice. And, uh, McVay's an yeah. easy guy to root for. Um, you know, it's like I listened to the podcast you sent me the other day, Lath, of him and,
1: uh, oh, and Kyle Shanahan. And,
0: uh, Kyle Shanahan chatting it up, which is pretty cool. So, I think it's a win-win situation, though. I really, really can't be too pressed either way.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I'm a big McVay fan as well, and that is a cool story with Stafford. So either way, I just want it to be a good game, and I think that it should at least has potential to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so without like actually making picks, in which we will do against the spread here in a little bit, uh, what's what's kind of things, keys to the game, how we think this is going to play out in terms of of you know what are some you know, position battles to watch or or certain, you know, things to keep an eye on because going into this a lot of the the um what's like the meme it's like uh broke slash woke like all the the common, like the mainstream things. Maybe you haven't seen those things, but I am on TikTok and see them. Um so I see uh like everybody's talking about Rams D line versus Bengals O line. Bengals O line been of the worst pass protection units uh in the NFL I mean, they, the Titans sacked Joe Barrett, like six times earlier in the playoffs, but they managed to win despite that. Meanwhile, uh, the Rams with Aaron Donald and and everybody else, everybody's absolutely expecting them to dominate that. But aside from that, or if you just really want to take and run from that, what are what are some kind of key areas to, that y'all are going to keep an eye on?
1: I think one of the big things I'm going to keep an eye on is the matchup with Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase. I'm not saying that that's going to be a guy that he's on all the time but there's just been a lot of talk about it, how big of a season Jamar Chase has had, and that Ramsey's the best corner in the league right now. So that's just something that I'm going to be interested to see, just in the game, how they match up and what that looks like.
2: Yeah, for for me, I mean, those are the two big ones: the the Rams D line versus the Bengals O line, and then obviously the Bengals receiver receiving core against the Rams secondary. But for me, I I don't I don't want to look at specific matchup on matchup like per se, but more of the quarterback. Um, how both quarterbacks perform under pressure and how they perform in clutch moments. Who's going to play big? Who's going to convert more, more third downs? Who's going to make the deep completions? Who's going to have the explos- explosive plays? Who's not going to turn the ball over? So just like juxtaposing Burrow and Stafford's performance. And whoever plays better, probably going to have a Super Bowl trophy at the end of the game. Obviously. <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably. <You> know,
2: <laughs> Stafford, I'm
0: I'm really interested in him because... You know, despite having much more experience, it's, it's obviously, a, obviously a first for him, just like as it is for Burrow. But you know, he's been good all year, but he's also been good for one dumbass throw a game, yeah. and like that'll lose you a Super Bowl. It probably should have lost him an NFC Championship game with the uh, basically the fly ball dropped interception uh, by the Niners late in that one. So like, if Stafford, he's gonna have to, and it's gonna be hard to. I mean, I can't imagine the pressure that he's got to feel playing in the Super Bowl, but. You know, he's going to, I'm sure at some point, feel the urge to do that. And it's whether or not he can kind of rein that in. Um, I think the Rams are really going to need to lean on their running game more than they necessarily have in the past few games. But, yeah, I don't know. I I think we're in for a super close game. It should be be good, I think. Um, I probably see the Bengals playing from behind for most of it just because even in the games they've won, that's just kind of what they do. Um, I guess they kind of control the game a bit better against the Titans, but... I think they kind of thrive in that in that situation of being behind, where they can really just open up the offense and say, "Hey, you can almost play consequence-free because we gotta have points," you know. So, um, but I don't think I don't think it'll be it'll be any sort of sort of a blowout. Um, and I guess it kind of comes down to like, if you're the Rams, can you stop Chase? If you're the Bengals, can you stop Cup? And then kind of see see where things go from there. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. We got. It, it should be really interesting. I'm excited to watch it. What time does that start? Like 6?
2: That I sounds right. So. 6 or 6.30. Which is going to be,
0: yeah, like 3 local time,
2: right?
0: Yes. So this that game will be played in, in its entirety probably in the sun. Granted, it's got a roof over it, but, like, kind of just a weird thing to, to yeah. th- like, you just remember the Super Bowl being, like, at night, you know, right. which it's not going to be out there. Um, but, Latha, uh, real quick, give me – if the Rams do this, they win. And if infer, and give me if the Bengals do this, they win. But start with you, Leigh.
1: Uh For me, if the Rams do this, would be getting Cam Akers going because you know the passing game is going to be there, and running just wins championships. It just that's the way it works. Cam Akers kind of been awakened the last couple games, coming back from that uh, was it ACL injury that he that he's coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's a guy that I think if they get him going and he gets sixty plus yards in this game, I think it's probably a Rams dub.
2: I think for the Bengals, if they can protect Joe Burrow with that fierce D-line led by Aaron Donald and the Rams, and he has time to actually make plays and, and you know scramble out of the pocket and make some deep balls, uh, I could see the Bengals easily winning this game if they can protect him.
0: Yeah, I'm actually more interested in the Bengals' running game just because I don't think again part of protecting Joe burrow is going to be keeping that defensive front honest by ha- having them letting that offensive line kind of run at him for a good portion of this game because if you're just dropping into pass pro you know 60 70 80 percent of the time those guys those guys are gonna get after you so I think the ability of Joe mixon to kind of get going and, and get some plays – because he's I think he's you know you could make the case he's actually the best running back in this game he probably is actually um, so you know if they cannot get too one-dimensional, um, especially because you got to think the Rams with Jalen Ramsey gonna probably follow uh, Jamar Chase around the field. Of course, the Bengals do a really good job of putting him in a lot of unique positions in the slot, left, right, whatever. But I think it'll really help that Bengals offense not to lean on him so much that they can get the running attack going with Joe Mixon. But um, and yeah, for the Rams, I think I think Stafford's just got to play like solid. If he if he posts a 285 yard, two touchdown, no interception game, like they win. I think um, so. Uh, how are we feeling about, uh, I don't know what the over-under is here. I can see Ferg, you know it off the top of your head? No.
2: If I had to guess, I'd say it'd probably be sitting around like 47, 48, maybe even 45. Let's see.
0: Because uh, Again, we're going to make some picks at the end, but I'm going to save that for the very, uh, for the very, very end if I can find it. Okay, yeah. Over-under set at 48 and a half. Quick fire. Lay over-under. over 48.5. Excuse me. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. I might have said 45. But you say over yes. 48 and a half. Sweet. Ferg? I got under. I think I feel under too. But. So we te- we've, we're we dipping a toe into the gambling, so you might as well go full on into it. Uh, hopefully the Super Bowl has a lot of enticing bets. Maybe this will be enough to make Lay jump in uh, with <laughs> us here. I didn't task him with any research, but maybe he did some on his own. But Super Bowl props, that's honestly probably one of my most favorite things about this game. Especially in one where I don't necessarily care who wins since I don't have a huge rooting interest. Definitely got some some bets to root for. So, Ferg, uh, we'll just kind of go one by one. I've got a few written down, like on my personal notes. I see you've got some here, but I'll let you start off with... with I guess if you're going to actually bet one of these, which I'm sure you probably are, what's your most confidence in in your bets? Because I've got a few that I just think are interesting that I'm probably not going to take, but I also have some that I've already taken because I like so much. So, start us off with, like I guess, your number one draft pick of Super Bowl props.
2: My number one draft pick if the 2022 super bowl prop bets will be the joe, joe burrow to have over 11 and a half rushing yards i kind of alluded to it a second ago but this rams d-line they're amazing uh, especially with aaron donald who can literally just annihilate double and triple teams like it's nothing joe burrow is going to be running and he's going to scramble and he's going to you know joe burrow he's a pocket passer but you know he can give you a 10 15 yard run in a slide pretty much whenever he wants and in this game, I feel like he's going to be doing a lot of that with that fast rush. So I would definitely lock in the over 11.5 rushing yards for Joe Burrow.
0: Yeah, I like that. I would actually didn't see – because, of course, we're betting illegally for the most part <laughs> um, with it not being legal in Georgia. So you kind of – it's a it's a mismatched bag of, of what props are actually available on some of these books. Yeah. Uh, you know, not having access to the legit ones where you can literally bet just about anything. Um, I actually didn't see one for Joe Burrow rush yards, but I I think I like that. I'm assuming sacks won't take away right. from that. It won't. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty solid bet because I mean he he's got some wheels uh, and definitely some escapability. And you got to think with the pass rush he's going to face, that'll happen a few times. Only thing that you got to kind of keep out, keep an eye on for stuff like that is like, should the Bengals find themselves in a kneel down situation with a rushing yards total that's that low? Like, you know, it could be kind of close to that, but I, I like that too as well. Um, then, starting for me, my uh, ones that I've already taken um, is going to be shortest touchdown to be over one and a half yards. Uh, basically, just betting against uh, a one yard that, oh, a, one, a QB sneak for, for the touchdown, <laughs> like a one yard, you know, dive. Um, which I took it because the odds were saw. I mean, basically it was minus one Oh five. So basically one to one. Um, and like, whereas under was, was the, you know, lay in more juice for that, which I didn't really think made a ton of sense. Like I obviously don't have the data in front of me and the books do. So, you know, I don't know how many one yard touchdowns there've been in the playoffs so far, but I feel like it's not that many. Um, I like the fact that there's a lot of scenarios where I win and there's only one where I don't really. So, um, <laughs> We're, we're taking that, but what you got next,
2: Ferg? Yeah, well, actually, that's actually a really interesting one. I may uh, tell you on that actually if I see it. But the, my next one, very similar to my last one, Burrow over two and a half rushing attempts. So this man is going to be scrambling at least three times. And then also, like you, you touched on the kneel down thing. Hey, a kneel down's a rushing attempt. So I'm covered. I'm covered if I take mm. both. If if it came down to a kneel down, so I I, I could see Joe Burrow rushing at least three or four times. Especially with the pass rush, I'm sure it'll happen. Those are that's a lock.
0: What are the odds on that over?
2: I think it was minus one fifteen.
0: Okay, so line a little bit, but more or less pretty close to it. Yeah. Um, Lay anything before I go to my next one.
1: <laughs> no, but there's some crazy ones here soon. I want to hear about right. This, don't they let you yeah. bet on even off field stuff?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean you can. I actually don't have access to really any of that with my jank book, but I'm sure like a quick Google search while Fergus going through and I can kinda of pull up some of the more interesting ones. But next of ones that like if I was made of money I'd probably take some of these. Um just think it's pretty good value. Uh which team to have the longest touchdown. Uh Rams were minus money, but Bengals were plus one twenty. I just kinda of feel like they're an offense that's more geared toward having a big play touchdown, especially with Jamar Chase or maybe getting Joe Mixon out in the passing game on like a screen or something or or a wheel route. Um and plus, I just feel like in general, Joe Burrow kind of likes to launch it a bit more than Stafford does. I mean, Cooper Cup's no slouch. He's he's caught some deep balls, uh, but you know, I kind of feel like if if you're leaning towards longest touchdown Bengals, especially if they're the better number, uh, that's who you got to take.
2: Yeah, yeah, that Bengals offense is way more explosive than the Rams. And, and Cooper Cup, uh, he may uh, not have uh, the speed to get to the end zone on one of those long breakaways, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Whereas Jamar Chase, he'll finish.
0: Hmm. Gotcha. All right, what you got? What you got next, Ferg?
2: Uh, all right, so this is my last one, and it's an off the field one. It has nothing to do with the the actual game. The Gatorade bath. The color of the Gatorade in the cooler will be the OG lemon lime Gatorade. I think I saw it was like plus two hundred twenty, maybe. I know I, the front runner was orange, but apparently, the uh, no color of a team involved in the Super Bowl's gate no Gatorade color of a team involved in the Super Bowl has been the Gatorade bath in like 8 of the last 10 Super Bowls or something like that so orange is not happening. Huh. So we're rocking with the lemon lime. It's the OG and it's going to cash.
1: So do you think is there a discrepancy between like which team wins and what color do you think like or do you think the Rams would have a different color Gatorade than the the Bengals?
2: I guess we'll find out based on who wins. But if the Bengals win, it's definitely not going to be orange. If, if statistics tell us anything. I know you don't like statistics, late, but... Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was watching something, granted this is just straight from like the internet, so who knows if it's true, but I think a guy was saying that each team actually has three different flavors, and so it's kind of, you know, he was his uh, thinking was pick what you think the worst flavor is because that will have more of it left. And thus they'll choose that one to dunk. But it's uh, pretty
1: sound logic.
0: Yeah, but also I would think too if you're the guys getting going to grab the Gatorade, like you're probably grabbing the nearest one, and they probably put the one that gets drank the most like closer to the players. I would think. I I think you can kind of go. No. Yeah.
1: Uh, unless of course. Either way. Unless of course they also have a prop bet on it, and then they they strategically pick the color. <laughs> I, was I mean, definitely for a little more of a laugh there,
0: but okay. <laughs> <laughs> a, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm like trying to read and find uh, the super the national anthem length prop, but um, I, there definitely is like if you happen to know a guy who works on one of these teams, now's the time to, uh, to shoot them a text and see if you can get some insider insider info. But I'm looking for um, okay. Looking for info on the National Anthem length. I just think that's always like one of the funnier ones to bet. So I think historically the under has been a pretty solid go, at least the past few years. But Guyton is this guy who's singing this one. I don't know who that is. But this article from Sportsline says, Guyton will be the fourth country singer in the last 13 years to perform the National Anthem before the Super Bowl, including Eric Church as part of a duet last year. That Super Bowl last year clocked in over the number at 2 minutes 17 seconds. Um, while Luke Bryan was under in Super Bowl 51, 2 minutes, 4 seconds. So, let's see. What even is the line now is what I'm looking for. Um, I think, uh, who knows? One of the headlines said, like, the okay, 1 minute and 35 seconds, which both of those that it just listed had at least 2 minutes, so. Maybe over season this
2: time. Yeah, let's rock with the over. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if
0: I'll be making that bet, but I've got a couple more to kind of round us out here on ones that I just like or think are interesting. Um, saw my book offers a you know a bunch of odds on on a tandem to score a touchdown, so two players to to both score. I actually really like Joe Mixon and OBJ to score at plus three thirty three. Uh, I think again. I think for the Bengals to to be in this game, they need to run the ball pretty well. Um, he's definitely like their their go to back. Uh, for, so for him to score, I kind of like that. And then OBJ, he's actually kind of been a touchdown machine since he joined the Rams. Um, and you got to think coming down into the red zone, Cooper Cup is going to be the main focal point for that uh, Bengals defense. So could see OBJ finding some some open space and getting a touchdown. So that's plus three thirty three. And then um, lastly. MVP odds, of course, none of these are like likely. But I think if you're looking for the best value, looking at if you think the Rams are going to win, uh, you know they're throwing Aaron Donald out there. But I just don't really f- see the Bengals letting him break them like that. Like it'd take a pretty f- for a defensive player to win anyway. They have to have a huge game. But I just like I think Aaron Donald will play well. But like he's going to have to get at least two sacks and probably force a turnover, I think, to get something like an uh, like an MVP. And I just don't think the Bengals are going to allow that. Like, they're going to make somebody else beat them. So I actually kind of like Jalen Ramsey MVP at plus 3,500. You know, if he grabs a pick six, maybe one or two interceptions or, or a forced fumble or something could easily happen. So, again, for the number, I don't think he's going to win the MVP. I mean, Stafford and Joe Burrow were the shortest odds for a reason. Um, but if you're going to go looking for a longer odds guy, I like Jalen Ramsey. And then just something to note – Again, this is super random. People listening to this, b- books may not offer this at all. But winning margin, um, if you like... Honestly, if you like either team, really, this is kind of worth looking at. But especially if, for whatever reason, you kind of like the uh, the Bengals to win. I swore I screenshotted this, but I can't see it at the moment. Um, but anyway... It's like, let's say you like the Bengals to win. Um, If you take the winning margin, basically the odds are super high, like super juice, like minimum plus 900 for any amount. I think it divides it by every three points. So four options, three or four options, I think gets you to Bengals, like covers Bengals winning by 13 points. So it honestly lines up with the way the odds work to where, I'm not sure what Bengals money line is probably, but if you put 20 on Every single result that's Bengals to win that's under two touchdowns, even if the the least juiced odds win, you still win like 150 bucks profit. Despite you know taking the L's on the other three, um, so like and you know even better if you know like the six one point. I think the lowest odds was like one to three. Um, but same thing for the Rams, a little bit less so in that I think. Rams by 1-3 to three, rather than plus 900 was like plus 550, but still you're in the money if you were to take all four of those options, 1 through 13 points, um, and any one of them would win, you would be in the money. So, just something kind of to note if you have a pretty strong conviction about one of the teams winning, um, which, it sounds like, I mean, you guys are rooting for the Bengals, but do you think they're going to win? No. No. <laughs> okay, so if you're strong on the Rams, Ferg, that's a consideration maybe to take, maybe to take these margin of victory props, because like, like I said, you're in the money basically as long as they don't blow them out, uh, which I think would be a bit of a surprise yeah. in the Super Bowl. But as long as they don't win by, by more than 13, you're you're good.
2: Yeah, no, that's pretty enticing because I do think the Rams will win. But, yeah, winning by 14, that's hard to do in the NFL, especially in a Super Bowl situation because both the teams are so good. So that's pretty enticing. I may actually uh, do that, ride with that, actually.
0: Yeah. I won't be taking it, but the one thing I did take is I think the official line – you know, on, on legit books and everything is still three and a half, maybe four. Uh, on my bootleg Cayman Islands book, whatever it is, has has got Bengals plus five. That's just too much for me. Like again, I want the Rams to win, but not so bad enough I wouldn't bet against them. And five is too much points for me. So I, I did end up taking uh, Bengals plus five. Ferg, what all of these run run down your list that you've actually taken so far?
2: I haven't t- haven't actually taken any of them yet, but. I'm going to. I'm going those two props. I'll take both of those, and then I'm gonna do some digging. I may my book may offer something different from yours too that I like as well. But the the margin of victory for the Rams that's really enticing since you could be in the money as long as they win by 13. If you put a bet on all of them, so Hmm. I'll probably actually do and
0: significantly in the money if it's one of the because some of those are like plus 1200 and stuff like that. So
1: (laughs) well, I'm going all in on blue Gatorade. I've, I've held off betting this whole year, but the Gatorade color is just too enticing to miss out on. So that's my pick. I feel like that's probably—I don't know what
0: the odds are, but I feel like that's probably a longer odds. I don't, like, I mean, I love the light blue Gatorade,
1: but even the blue There's something Gatorade childish too, but... about blue Gatorade, though. And it, like, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah.
0: I just don't. I can't imagine seasoned professionals yeah. like Andrew Whitworth drinking blue Gatorade. <laughs> Like turning his lips and teeth blue, you know, I just don't know.
2: That they used to give those out at Dalton Middle, the, the, the cool blue Gatorades at Dalton Middle School.
0: Cool blue is like oh. debatably my favorite flavor. Oh,
1: it's a honestly. great flavor. <laughs> it was
2: pretty Especially good.
0: with the nipple top. Yo. Shit hits goated. right there. Absolutely goaded. But, yeah, I don't know. Who, who knows? I think I think classic lemon lime. That's probably either, either orange uh, or lemon lime, I think. Yeah. Uh,
2: the, yeah. Just,
0: yeah, those are the top two um, favorites. Yeah, hard to hard to bet against either of those. But um, I guess kind of without further ado, we won't necessarily. Nah, you know what? I want to save the actual picks to the end. But do you? What do y'all want to talk about? Any of the coaching, other stuff that's happening in the NFL before we? take a little quick dive into college football and get out of here? But anything on the anything on the pros?
1: I guess we can touch on it a little bit because I think there was four or five of those spots that weren't filled at the time of our last podcast. Obviously, the Vikings getting Kevin O'Connell, Rams O.C. is big. Uh, Dolphins following up and getting Mike McDaniel, 49ers O.C. So you kind of see the young guys at the NFL world already starting to kind of build their coaching tree. Uh, this one was a little surprising for me. The Jags getting Doug Peterson. He's a guy that's proven he can win, but you know that's, that was kind of out of left field for me. I don't know. Any of those stand out to y'all?
2: Uh, for me, I, I like the Kevin O'Connell hire. You know, yeah. you know, he's coming from L.A., and he's joining a very talented offense with guys like Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson on that offense. And, you know, and he, got, he got to learn under Sean McVay. So I think that's probably the best hire of the new hires that we haven't gotten to touch on over the last week. So I really like that hire.
1: Yeah.
0: Anybody know if, if he's going to be coaching in the Super Bowl?
1: He is, yeah. yeah. They're not doing it until afterwards.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't really give a shit about the coaching changes, to be honest with you. Uh, like, I love me some NFL, but I'm not locked in enough to know what my opinion on, you know, Dennis Allen should be. Like, you know, I, I just don't, don't care. Uh, so, we'll see. We'll see when they take the field next season. yeah um, but yeah, quickly on college football because we got to shit on Auburn at any chance, to. And, like, even after I thought Auburn finishing the season with a losing record was it just was not going to get better than that. But somehow, the offseason has been more tumultuous than a horrible uh season on the field for the Auburn Tigers. So, lay open mic, let it out, man. What the fuck's
1: going on with uh with your alma mater there? It's funny that you said that. I was reading like a thread earlier today, and somebody said something like Oh, well, maybe because it's taken too long at the SEC coaches' meeting today, they'll all kind of put force, put pressure on Auburn to hire, fire, get on with it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Georgia and everybody else in the SEC is loving this right now. I mean, this is this is this dream for them. But so basically, what it is right now, and if you don't know much about the story, a couple of former players came out and said that Harson was treating players like dogs and like they did not. (laughs) <laughs> like they uh, <laughs> he didn't care about him. and the tweet was liked by a few of the other transfers, guys that left the program. Obviously, since then there have been a few guys on the team come out and say no, those were locker room cancers. we harson cares about us. they're just upset about no playing time, but it it blew up and it was enough so for Auburn to launch an investigation into the matter according to the school. Now, when they came out with this statement, it was pretty much known that they're looking for cause to fire him. Because if they can fire him with with cause, then they don't have to pay his $18 million buyout. Mm -hmm. And the rumors are that this is all being pushed by our boosters, who are extremely active in the management of the program, too much so. So it's a whole big thing. It was supposed to culminate today about will they, won't they fire him, and it hasn't. But you got to stop the bleeding at some point. Something's got to give within the next day or two, I would assume.
0: Well, he's also given something else, right? Like, isn't there rumors
1: about a mistress of some sort? There there were, but look, there's there's rumors like that any time that a program's struggling. I remember they were saying that about <laughs> Chip Lindsey when he was the head coach at Troy. They said that he had an affair with a cheerleader or something. People were saying that about Lane Kiffin when he left Bama, that he was messing with Yeah, but that's definitely true, though. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know. Take it or leave it. I don't buy this one personally, but there, there were rumors that Harson was... Uh, having relations with his assistant that he brought over from Boise State. Um, and to be fair, I guess he hasn't confirmed or denied that, so maybe, maybe it is, but I, I don't personally buy it. But that only She do kinda, be fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, yeah, did fine. Um, she do be <laughs> fine. But that really just kind of <laughs> added fuel to the fire and just really didn't help things in his regard to have that going around. Now.
0: Yeah, I was talking about that with somebody the other day, and they were like, well, what does that matter? Like, what he does off the, like, that's not illegal. And I was like, Technically, while not illegal, like she's over of age, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some sort of Auburn code of conduct in all of the and uh, all of the "we believe in work, hard work" jargon that y'all <laughs> are all about. I'm sure there's something in there that says don't bang your coworkers. So I, th- I think that would give them cause if that was, uh, well, if that was true. Well,
1: was she working though? That's, the, <laughs> that's what she got to specify there. If it's work, hard work, was she on the clock? She was
2: off the clock. I'm pretty sure.
1: <laughs> hey, she about that
0: work. I know. Uh, no, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that, but we'll <laughs> leave that for after, after the pot. But, but yeah, okay, so, like, where do you stand? Fire Harson, or, or ride it out?
1: I was early in the point. If you asked me, like, two or three days ago, I would say let's ride it out. Um, but it almost seems like the damage is done now. Like, I don't know how he can come back from this and, and then being a recruit's home next week and be, hey, you want to play for Auburn? I, I don't see how he could personally move on past this. So, I think at this point – it would be best for both parties if we parted ways.
2: Now, who do you think should replace him if that were to happen? Well, okay,
1: yeah, that's that's a big problem. It's a lose-lose situation because I think, regardless, we're probably screwed for a while. I mean, if we fire him, we're probably screwed for a few seasons. And getting a coach late, this late in the game, people are focusing on spring practice and stuff now. Recruiting trail, that stuff, and building a team, that's over with. It's February. So I feel like if they were to fire him, I don't know if they would hire someone immediately. They might. It might be a situation where Somebody from within kind of steps up for like a, I don't know, on a temporary basis, and then go from there. But either way, not good. Hey, hey,
0: recruiting ain't over for Kirby and the boys. He um. he stays all year round. That's what you got to do if you want to be a champion, like Recruit year <laughs> round, just like you saw what Dan Mullen said. Uh, yeah, I don't really recruit in the season. Look where that got him.
2: So, uh, yeah. hey, you can, you could take Jeff Collins off Georgia Tech's hands if you want. <laughs> he's he's always he's up for a challenge.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you'd only have to give him like a. $25 Starbucks gift card buyout. You'd be all right with that
2: probably. <laughs> and, so. and that's a lot of money for us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anything to get them away? Actually, I can't say that. But um, we're, we'll, we'll keep it there. But to, but I think I honestly, as as much as I'm loving the situation, I agree. I think no matter what Auburn does, they're in a bad spot. I think that Auburn would be kind of foolish to fire him at this one just because I think if you do fire him, you're definitely not getting any recruits in the door because that's so unstable. How is anybody going to buy into that? At least maybe by, by keeping him, you at least have an affront of, of stability and, and keeping him around. Like That's certainly what he would tell recruits in these visits. But like you actually fire him. You know, you've now had a coach you wasn't even there for, for a, a whole season or a whole year. So like I don't know how a, a, a player could believe much of what comes out of whoever's recruiting him after that, but it's a- uh, I think they'll probably ride it out unless unless some more bigger news breaks. I mean I'm sure if the boosters got their way he'd be gone, but uh, I if I had to bet I think he's still in the job come next season. But the leash that it was already short going in I think is gonna be tight.
1: Well, I was right there with you. I was thinking the longer this thing goes, the longer the chance that he's going to be, that they're going to ride it out. And I'm with you. Firing is terrible at this point. Timing's terrible. But I saw a video today because he went to the, uh, there was like an SEC coaches conference. And I saw where like he apparently slid in through the side door <laughs> to try to not get noticed. And then when he left, he just got swamped with cameras and people putting microphones in his face. And he straight up did not say a word, just immediately just walked to his car had to do kind of a weave around other cars. They just awkwardly followed behind him. It just, it's so awkward right now. It's one of those things where you want to almost want to just rip the bandaid off and be done with it. But there are consequences to both sides.
0: All right, well, at least you can block it out and focus on basketball where Arkansas is dunking <laughs> on you <laughs> as, uh, as time expires for the win. Um,
1: uh, and, hey, hey, it's all about March. It's all about March.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's like I root against Auburn in these games, and I was bummed when y'all beat us. All Georgia actually had a chance to, to beat Auburn a couple about a week ago now. But at the same time, it, it, it's kind of pointless to root for anything at this point because it's just March. Like, yeah. I come come that fifteen seed. That's who. That's who. I'm, I'm gonna be the biggest <laughs> Elon fan in the country. Oh. Uh, come come March, <laughs> looking for him to knock off the Tigers, but. uh but cool, yeah. Uh, we're running up about uh, on against the hour here. My roommate, who's a, who's a chef, I never really talked about this on the, on the pod here, but he uh, promised to make me some dank tonight for my B-Day. So uh, kind of want to get towards that. But quickly, any last thing? Uh, we I mean, we can talk about the jersey sales. You yeah, got here on the pod just to appease you here. Like, Florida LSU, first two schools to announce players compensated for jersey sales. I think that makes sense. Probably certainly won't be the last. Uh, I think the other big schools will follow them out. But now it's time for what you've all been waiting for before we get out of here. Last last pickem of the season, Lath, Unfortunately, you can't make up your thirty-three game deficit to me on the Super Bowl, um, but but you can you can try to end on a high note. Rams. I think they're actually wearing the road uniforms on Sunday, but they are playing at home. Uh, three and a half point favorites in SoFi. Lay who you got?
1: Mm, uh, it's gonna be a good game. I think there's. I said I went with the over early, so I think. I think the Rams cover, too. I think the game ends up 33-27 Rams.
2: For me, for me, I like 23-17 Rams. That also is the under. Keep that in mind, Lay. Mm,
1: okay. Six-point dub, though, for both of us.
2: Yes, sir. Ugh. <laughs> oh.
0: See, like, I want the Rams to win, but you're doing the thing again where I feel like i got to be the contrarian <laughs> and take the Bengals here. I don't know if I can go that far and actually pick them, um, although that would be great since I have them uh, – Plus five, but I'll tell you what I will. I'll go contrarian in this. I think Rams win, but no cover. I definitely don't think they'll cover the five points that I've got. But uh, the three and a half, I think Rams by two. We'll say twenty-seven, twenty-five. I don't know how it's going to end up at twenty-five, but that's what it's going to be. <laughs> Maybe that'd be a scorigami for the Super Bowl, probably. But all got Rams. So yep, Joe Burrow. I can already see it now, hosting the Lombardi. So. Um, all right, folks, I, we'll, we'll be back for at least one more post-Super Bowl. Talk it up, um, break it down a little bit. But, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening once again, and we'll see you on the next one.